Hey, so before we get started, I wanted to talk to you guys about Disney Plus. Now, I know by now you've probably heard about Disney Plus, the new streaming service that includes Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. With all these amazing brands in one place, Disney Plus has one of the most incredible libraries in the entire streaming landscape, and it's all ad-free. From classics like Snow White to today's blockbusters like Captain Marvel and Avengers Endgame, the content on Disney Plus is truly unparalleled. And if all that isn't enough, Disney Plus even has originals like The Mandalorian, the first live-action Star Wars series. So don't miss out. Go and sign up today and start streaming and tell them Hayes sent you. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, CEO Hayes. I'm glad. If you can't tell, I'm I'm in a really great mood. I can't wait to bring you guys this episode. Um, I guess let's get the business out the way to start off the show. If, if you're a first-time listener, make sure you go and check out the podcast at The Awakened Soul Pod. Um, you can check that out on Twitter and Instagram. Also, you can follow me if you choose your host. I am the host, Hayes. You can follow me at CEO Hayes. Um, yeah, and if this is your first time listening to this podcast, you picked a great episode to jump into. Uh, so any first time listeners, thank you. Shout out to my Aha Radio as well, who've just been giving me the utmost support. Um, so I really thank you all you guys over there, everyone who's helping build that as well. Um, but yeah, to start off the show, before we get into anything, I want to, and you'll see why, kind of all will come together by the last segment of this show, but I... Like I started off today listening to a few screws loose uh, from our brother Dan on drugs, and he's someone you will hear me mention a lot, um, almost more than any other podcaster or creative uh, period, because that's my dude. Dan is my dude. Um, but I, I, I've been in a reflective mind space yet again. Yeah, it'll happen. Um, and when you are like, as you grow, right, you start looking at attributes or things that you don't have in the people who are around you, the people that you surround yourself in. Um, and uh, Dan, and uh, I wanna also want to shout out this brother here, um, Harrison, uh, you guys need to check him out, who have both motivated me in different ways. Like, as you've seen the growth in this podcast and this show and like what I do now with video, um, me and Dan have kind of always like collaborated, throwing ideas, him, him throwing more of my, my way than the other way. Um, and we kind of learned this video thing together, but Dan's openness that he shares on a few screws loose, um, is something that it's made me feel a little bit more, um, about coming, um, about being open myself, uh, because it's not something that's been easy. I'm on record for saying I'm an extreme introvert, not just a regular introvert. Um, so just seeing him and I know how we, we have that similar idea of we don't like people, we don't like talking on the phone, but, um, and seeing someone that I am uh, close with and that I do work um, with and, and talk to on a, on a semi-regular basis, him slowly open up the more and more he's been in this creative space. This definitely made me feel like, all right, yeah, I, I need to, I need to keep that going um, as well. And also Harrison, if you have not listened to his episode on um, soul of a hustler, you need to, um, because like, I, it's not my place to tell here, but everything that he's gone through and stayed in a positive space. And he's always been someone who lifts up brothers. Um, who's never afraid to like, he just really always looks on the bad side. And he, he's not afraid either to open up on things that he's gone through mentally or been down or just uh, second guessed himself. 
So I really wanted to spotlight and shout out those two brothers. Um, no rhyme or reasons, nothing necessarily that recently happened that um, is making me do that. It's just that it's, it's just two people that I really look up to um, in this world and, and, and uh, that have things. And, um, and when I say have things, I don't mean like physical ownership over anything. I just mean like, like I said, personality traits and attributes that I respect highly. And so I wanted to give them this shine on the beginning of my platform. Again, I know this may be weird for any first time listeners, or even um, listeners who like don't interact uh, with us on Twitter and may not know these two names right off the, the top. Um, but yeah, I got to shout out those two brothers. But let's get off. Let's let's get back into focus. Um, we'll be talking about a few things on this week's episode. Uh, the main discussion topic will actually be about reverse engineering success. And I know that that the concept may seem like a like a a, a a bit much like coming uh just into this cold open but yeah that that's that's where my heart is that's what we'll be discussing we also have the end of mind hey segment we also have the cookie chronicles presented by the first lady which i gotta stop saying her regular name on here because she gets on me every time um but yeah that's it i know long cold open we're gonna get into some music on the other side of that we're gonna jump into my dark twisted and crazy ass mind when we go into the end of mind hey segment i'll see you guys there The following is a Breaks Media Podcast. Coming fresh out that Pyrex pot. Black Air Force 2s and the white socks Fitting on my forehead Try me, go ahead I bring out them polka dots Put Guame on your forehead Yeah, it's the new king of everything And bitches don't say no to me I'm, I'm like, like a wedding ring Maybe it's how I pour that patrol Maybe it's how I smell a pair of silk and cologne Maybe it's how I write shit when I'm in the zone And I'm sick of blowjobs Bitch, leave me alone And tell Dr. Dre to pick up a phone Before I climb what's going on ladies and gentlemen um w- welcome to the end of mine hey segment um and so yeah um i got a few things on my heart and forgive me if this goes into a rant i apologize i'm trying to keep it from going into one but the first thing on my mind this week for this segment is definitely the Dwayne wade situation and there even shouldn't be a Dwayne wade situation in my opinion because guess what people let that man raise his children the way he wants to there's so much commentary going on that went into um if they should be accepting of how his daughter feels if if if, the, if it's right or wrong how it's affecting society, how it got to all of that, I don't know. But since the conversation is here, let's go ahead and jump into it. The first thing that I want to talk about with this is the people who are now using this situation as saying this is what's wrong or they want to protect the black family. Um, and the most of those people are the same ones who have children with multiple women who aren't who don't see their own kids. But now you're worried about protecting the black family because someone's showing undying love to their child. I'm sorry, your opinion is null and void. I don't want to hear opinions from anyone on this situation unless you're very active in your in your child's life. And then even at that point, you really shouldn't be saying shit about how somebody else wants to raise their child anyway. In my opinion, the fact of the matter is, is that their daughters ultimately it's it's going to be her choice at whether it's now, whether they accept her now or they or she waits until she's on her own. It's ultimately going to be her choice. So the fact that the 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 that Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union are showing love through this transition to this child and making sure that she knows that that she has parents that are going to back her no matter what and that they're that that love is conditional. and i ultimately think that a lot of people having situation having feelings that they're having with this because they don't know what undying love is because they never 
had that unconditional love from their parents. And so now to see parents still show that love through something that is a could be a controversial topic, it's foreign to them. So, of course, they don't know it. And what do we do when we when it's something that's unfamiliar to us? A lot of times people attack it, unfortunately. And that's what I feel like is happening here. I feel like the 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 overreaction that you're getting from, like I say, people who don't have commentary on any type of issues that are going to affect our race or our black families or families in general at all. Now they want to come up against uh, come out and speak on this because they really don't understand it. And I do want to give sympathy to that point. Yes, the 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 transgender community and transgender rights and just the public knowledge of over it is fairly new to most Americans. They're, this is the first time where they are really being it's it's coming to the forefront where it's it's in a position to where now they see it all the time. It, it used to be something that's not that oftenly talked about, not that oftenly seen, and now that conversation is being had more and more often, I can understand if you're so unfamiliar with it that you don't know how to process it. That's different. If you if you don't know how to process it and you want to try to gain knowledge, you want to try to gain an understanding, that's completely different. That's what I did the whole Deconstructing Transphobia series for on this podcast is because it was something that I didn't have very much knowledge on, admittedly, at all. But in me wanting to learn about it and speak to it and see what people go through with transgender rights and the, the attacks on transgender people, like in that whole just process of what that does to someone's psyche, that's something that I wanted to know about. And so I, I made that series so that it can be done public so we can start those conversations and I could do my part in, in helping break some of those stigmas. There's only so much that I as a cisgendered male can do, but in I wanted to do that series for the people who had questions who were afraid to ask. And I think that that's what a lot that we're getting here in. It's easy to be angry. It's easy to call these people fools, which I know I did. And I'm going to continue to do more than likely because some people are just foolish. But at the same time, we have to understand that there are people who just don't know how to answer those questions. Now, this is a perfect situation when you see Dwayne Wade isn't shying away from talking about it at all. This family isn't shying away from talking about it at all. So if you this is an opportunity for the people who want to try to learn about it or that are, are worried or concerned with how they will react or how, how would they handle it? If it was their child, this is your opportunity to now see somebody who has undying love for their child go through this process and not be not shy away from it. And I hope that we can all get to the point to where we can understand that more. And this whole conversation and shit just really honestly dies the fuck down because we need to do better as a people. Y'all, we really do. We need to do better. I'm going to get off my house on that one. That's just one of the things, as you can see, that was really on my mind. Um, and I just want to point out the the statistics, like for people who have a lot of children or even not even a lot, like at this point, you there isn't a chance that you're going to have to go through this and let this be an example to those. I hope um, the next thing that I want to get into, and this is something that I don't really get into conspiracy theories too much here. Right. And so I woke up today and I got some news. I always do the Hey Google thing and Google shoots out like top news items from the day. My uh my commute to work expected like a whole bunch of stuff weather everything just by saying good morning google but nonetheless um and it came out that uh the coronavirus may have spread to parts of south korea i believe fact check me on that um and so i, I like now i've had this thought and i honestly haven't and i'm sure there are podcasts out uh about it if my friend billy ray valentine hasn't done it yet i'm sure somebody will or he may in the future on is the coronavirus man-made um and you know in like 
talking about it and talking it through, it's like we, we get these things every few years, right? It's some type of virus or disease or something that that happens. And it's every couple of years. And every time you get the rumors of the conspiracy theories that it's the testing of a biological weapon. And like I said, this isn't a conspiracy theory podcast, so I'm not going to do a huge deep dive into it, even though I honestly would like to. Um, and we may see that maybe a YouTube exclusive. So look out for that. Maybe I'll do it there. Um, but ultimately, like when you see these same trends and uh, shout out to Lady M who pointed out that the coronavirus, to, uh, she pointed out to me is that the coronavirus, um, like HIV is a strand of the coronavirus. I believe SARS is a, is a strand of the coronavirus. And so for this one to mutate and be so lethal and move so fast, it just makes you think that maybe it didn't start off as being intended as a weapon. But I really do think that someone in the lab was playing around with shit that they shouldn't have been playing around with. And this is what we got. Was it ultimately done as a biological weapon to target Asians? That is an article that I read is that there are some conspiracy theories out there with that. Um, the way that it's spread and how aggressive it is to Asians that it may be something that was geared towards them. I don't know that I, I haven't done enough research to really speak on it. But do you guys think that the coronavirus may be man-made or am I just am I just too much in my own head about that? Um, I, maybe I am. I, 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 I've. I've been known to be a slight conspiracy theorist from time to time. So um, I just I think about stuff admittedly way too goddamn much sometimes. Um, I won't even lie. I, I, I think about it way too much. Um, last topic for the In the Mind of Hay segment um, is, is just this. It's something that, you know, we talked about on Love, Lesson Bad. So it was dropped late. Should actually be dropping the same day that you that this is available. So go and check out my other podcast with the lovely Tanya D. Love, Lesson Badass. So. Well, we discussed a little bit about being with um, we, well, we started off with a conversation of being with a partner who has a bad attitude. And we talked about happiness. And she actually pointed out something that I wanted to talk about here is that whatever is inside, she used the analogy of an orange, right? Whatever is inside an orange, regardless of who squeezes it, whether it's a bad person, whether it's a good person and a different person, an African an eight, what, what, whoever squeezes that orange, there's only one thing that can come out of it. That's orange juice and seeds and you guys can get particular sometimes and so it made me it got to me me to think and this is something that i've been like really focusing on a lot is happiness right is i i and i, and I tweeted out a couple of days ago that um fragile happiness it, it makes me question how real your happiness is if you if your happiness is fragile and that's something that I think we need to focus on more as people is like we get so caught up in pointing our fingers at this person or that person or they they did this and that causes us to react this way or that way the fact of the matter is, is that whatever's in you is going to come out, regardless of who squaz that out of you. If it's rudeness, if it's attitude, if it's meanness, if it's crudeness, if it's spite, if that's inside you, regardless of who squeezes that, it's going to come out. So that's in you. You have to deal with what's in you. And that's something that we all have to recognize at some point. Being happy sometimes is hard. Spreading happiness, if it's truly in you, if you have that joy, it's the difference between happiness and joy, right? Sometimes happiness can not last. But joy sometimes is forever or joy withstands more. And as we get into these dark times and as we're getting into we're coming out of seasonal depression for a lot of us, hopefully, um, is that as we continue to do that, let that happiness come out, spread that happiness to other people. I've been blessed to, be, to have a big family, to be loved and have my children and my family. We are a great family and a great unit at times not to say that we don't go through our stuff but at the same time it's like it's easy to forget that some people don't have that they don't have that family system they don't have that that base of happiness they don't have the ability to go home and see their children smile and it it 
helps wash away the stress of the day. So because of that, we got to try to spread happiness. And I know I, I don't often get sappy, but this is I hear so many people and I, as I hear podcasts constantly talk about seasonal depression and everything like that. And the thing is, is that this is going all over the place is that we really have to try to do better at being happy and stop putting our happiness or our uh, discontent or us being upset on anyone else. That's something that's in you. Your attitude is in you. That that sour ass moves you get into, that smart mouth you get into, the cockiness that I have is in us. We got to stop putting that on other people and expecting it's us to blame it on whatever action they did. If it's if it wasn't in you from the get go, it's not going to come out regardless of what they did. So try to be happy. Try to spread that. Keep your mind and your head on right. Surround yourself with happiness. And something I talked about in the opening segment was like Dan and Christopher Harrison and just the people who I look up to. And oh, shout out to Cole Johnson, too. I can't forget about Cole Johnson, who's at this point in my life is really helping me a lot. Um, is that you want to surround yourself with people who have attributes that you either don't have or that you want to obtain, and they will help bring what's that happiness. They will help fill you with that. You need to be around people who help fill you up with happiness, with joy, um, and just do positive things. And as we get into our main discussion topic, you see a lot of kind of what we talk about there as well with happiness. But at the end of the day, don't let the, the troubles of the world sour you, but you still can't blame them. You have to do the work to get that that joy and that happiness in you. And if you do that, everything else will kind of work out. That's it. I'm off my high horse. That's the end of the end of mine hay segment. I'll be back. We're going to get into the Cookie Chronicles. And then after that, it'll be the main discussion topic for me, myself, and I. I'll see you guys there. What's up, everybody? This is Dan, a.k.a. Dan on Drugs. And I am Afro Becky, a.k.a. Afro Becky. And we are the Black Law and Legal Lies Podcast. Podcast a weekly legal podcast for the culture. Each week, we have conversations with our co-host, Anne, a licensed and practicing slash ratchet ass attorney, as well as myself, a rehabilitated criminal and our lovely esteemed moderator, Afro Becky. Most of our topics are legal in nature and we discuss them in a relatable way. We release new episodes every Tuesday. Yo, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. Or you can find us on social media at Black Law Podcast. So check us out. Or don't. Hey. What? Sometimes people do like the opposites. going through in life. 
here's the big question. At the age of 12, because he's 12, Zion, I think his name, he wants to be called Zion now. Is there really a point in a 12-year-old's life where he fully understands what changing or identifying as a different gender means? And what precautions or what things did Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union and his birth mom go through to help him understand this process? Because I don't think that he just woke up one day and was like, oh my goodness, I want to be a girl. I think this is something that might have been learned. Um, In my opinion, I don't think people are born wanting to be of the opposite sex. Um, Could it be a chemical imbalance that makes someone think that way? Possibly. But then at that point, it's a medical issue. But when it's not, how do you address that as a parent? I mean, being supportive is great, and that's one thing. But how do you fully explain to your child, because they are still, he's still a child, that, like, what that means and what that entails and how society and people around them may view them or what they would say. And then I also think about Charlize Theron, who adopted a little black kid from overseas, um, a black boy, and she dresses her son up like a girl. Same thing. I just seen a picture today with the little boy head on a pink bathing suit out and about. It looks like they were going out shopping. They were in the parking lot somewhere. He had on the bathing suit. Charlize Theron had on black slacks and a little off the shoulder like a burnt orange sweater. And the boy had on, he had his hair cornrowed with beads and had on a bathing suit. And you can see his little penis in the print of the bathing suit. And I'm like, what is the world coming to? What is it? Now, don't bash me about how I think about things. I make it very clear that I'm a preacher's kid and I grew up in the church. I have no problem with homosexuals. I am not homophobic. One of my best friends is gay. I've had gay best friends over the years, and we've had these hard discussions, and they know how I feel. You know, I don't necessarily agree with the lifestyle or the thought process of how, you know, you come to that choice, but it's not my business at the end of the day. You are a grown adult. You're free to live your life as such. I'm not here to judge you. That's not my job. That's God's job. And that's why we are still friends, because there's a mutual respect. But I don't think that if I had a kid who told me that they wanted to be of the opposite sex, I don't know how I would feel about that. I don't know how I would even begin to process that in my own mind, yet alone try to figure out how they're trying to process that. I I probably would ask a whole lot of questions, you know, like, why do you feel that way? Have you seen it somewhere? Has anybody touched you of the same sex? Um, Like, do you feel like you've been exposed to it? Like someone shared this with you? You know, have you seen it at a friend's house? Like, I would want to get to the bottom of it. I definitely think counseling would be my first go-to um, because I need for both of us to understand what's happening here. <laughs> like, it would definitely be a shock to me. But I don't know. I kind of feel like also doing weight is, is giving it a platform. And I understand that this is 2020 and we have more people coming out. But it's almost like it's been a a topic of discussion very often recently, like to the point where it's too much, you know, and I don't want it to get to a point. I mean, yes, it's 2020 and being gay or homosexual is more normal now than it used to be. 
but it doesn't make it right. Like normal, making it normal doesn't make it right. So I'm just trying to figure out like why it's been such a big topic of discussion. You know, I feel like that's something you would handle in-house. But then again, maybe Dwayne Wade is like, all right, well, if people are going to find out anyway, why not beat them to the punch? You know, maybe it was something that their publicist encouraged them to do, you know, kind of put it out there before other people put it out there and put their own spin on it. You know, publicists are good for that. You know, get ahead of the story. So maybe that's why it's been a topic of discussion a lot. I mean, I know um, last week, was it last month, their son um, did a fashion show. Did a very good job. <laughs> was very feminine in the fashion show, but did a very good job. And so my question is still, like, as a parent, for the parents out there, how would you handle that if your child came to you and, and told you that that's how they felt? Like, if you had a son that says, I feel like a girl, or you have a little girl that says, I feel like a boy. And then you have some parents out here that allow their kids as young as 11, 12, 13 to go through hormonal changes with the doctors to feel the way, to look the way that they feel, and have these, these changing sex change surgeries, and take pills to have boobs, and get rid of certain things, and soften their voice, like, how how did we get here? How did we get here and how do we handle it? And how would you handle it? I know it sounds like I'm rambling and it's because I am. <laughs> I'm trying to think and slightly be politically correct without insulting a bunch of people because I know this is a very sensitive topic. Again, I have no issue with gays and homosexuals, but I do have an issue when you're on an underage child, and when I say underage, I mean a kid under 18 or, or 21 for that matter, feels like they need to be the opposite sex. So again, how would you deal with it? How did you deal with it? Definitely write me on Instagram at the First Lady and tell me the story because I'm I'm so curious. Or you can write me at Cookie Chronicles DMV on Instagram. I'm also on Twitter. I, don't, I really don't know how I would handle that. I don't think I will announce it to the world like like certain people have done, but I don't know how I would deal with that. I know growing up being a PK, I didn't see a lot of that until I came to public school. I remember specifically going, I went to Oxford Hill High School in Oxford Hill, Maryland. Ninth grade, freshman, my first year, my first week, I walk into school from off the bus. I see this short brown skin, clearly a boy, short curly hair, head on tip, nails parasuco jeans back when those was hot <laughs> um a halter top some princesses and i'm like oh my goodness head on makeup lashes the whole nine lip liner lip gloss was popping okay the hoop earrings and i remember being it being a culture shock to me like you know i grew up in private school for the most part and again the preacher's kid thing like we we are taught in church that it's not right and so when i saw it i went home and i talked to my parents and i'm like oh my god you wouldn't believe what I saw at school today and it was a bunch of them at our school I mean and again when you see it more frequently you become used to it but so catch me at Instagram on the first lady d-a-f-i-r-s-t underscore l-a-d-i also be sure you check out Lady Haven the boutique um we're selling out out of a lot of stuff which is great so make sure you catch things before they sell out right now I have a sale on the Sweetheart Lee tracksuits at 10% off, and also um, the faux fur jackets that we have, the Marie faux fur jackets, they're 60% off, well, 50% off, so they're $60.
So check us out. Also, be sure to support your boy CEO Hayes this week. He's doing the panel out in Texas. Make sure you tune in to that. Um, I'm sure he'll be going live or streaming so that we can catch that if we weren't able to fly out and support him. So make sure, make sure you tune in. Um, if you're in that area, make sure you buy tickets and do whatever you need to do to support Hayes. He's been a wonder here. And thanks so much for the platform, Hayes. All right, you guys, we'll see you next week. Bye. All right, so we're here in the discussion topic for this week's episode of The Awakened Soul. And this one got started because of a question that was presented to me. So I had um, announced um, short film, The Creative, and um, I also like, started talking and taking my photography and videography side business more seriously um, going into the spring and it's warming up. And I figured it was a perfect opportunity to really start taking that, that stuff more seriously and doing more than what I've been doing with it. Um, so I got a question about that. I also got a question about going into being a creative full time. And a lot of those questions are built around like, how do you know when you're ready? How do you uh, get to the point of even being thinking that that's an option? And it's not anything that you really want to go into um, half cocked really or without a plan. So it started making me think that's how I came to the, the discussion topic that I'm going to be talking about today. And this one is basically how to reverse engineer success, right? Especially in business or in really anything you want to do. So it's applicable to anything. I may focus it kind of on business here, but uh, just know that this is really, you can apply this almost anywhere. And the first thing that I think you ha that, sh that separates people who, entrepreneurs or people who go into business for themselves or take that chance is vision. And that's the first thing that you have to have. And I, like, and not everyone's a visionary, but everyone can develop an ability to have vision, even if it's on something singular, right? So you have to visualize ultimately what you want to do. You have to, you have to get that into position first. What is it that you want to do? Why do you want to do it? It has to be in your heart. You like, so many people, you see people that start a bunch of stuff and they never really finish it or nothing's ever really successful. They're just ultimately with a bunch of failed ideas or failed dreams or failed ventures. That's because ultimately you have to have a clear vision. Now, yes, you have to leave room for that vision to grow, turn into other things, but have a singular vision that you want to do first, execute that very well, and then build it out after at that point. And I kind of make the comparison to even what I do now. Like I started off with podcasting, never having edited a piece of audio in my life. Then I built that, right? I didn't want to pay anyone for editing. I didn't want to keep asking anybody. So I sat down and I learned it myself. And that started my creative journey. From that that process of then doing audio and adding in clips and, and doing XYZ and just being more creative with the things I built, I built it slowly but surely with effects and feeling more comfortable and mastering and everything i built that out then i it turned into so my vision to, to say what my vision was then my vision was i wanted to be a podcaster that was the clear vision that i had i didn't go into anything thinking i wanted to be a, a actual full creative that 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 phrase i didn't, don't even know if it existed or if i knew what that was at that time so that's not anything that i went into thinking to be a creative my vision 
was I wanted to be a podcaster. I wanted to be able to produce quality audio. That was my vision. Now that did turn into, as I was started being more creative with my audio, it's like, all right, I want to do more. Like I, I want to do this. And so video seemed like a national, a na- a natural evolution to what I was doing with audio, what, what I was doing with podcasting in general. Um, and so I was terrified of, of, of visuals and, and uh, doing videos for so long. And eventually I just did it and I started editing it. And that turned into a love of after I got the camera, a love of photography. And it just all, all blossomed out until I learned all these skills that I taught myself or through the University of YouTube or through osmosis or talking to Dan or talking to other creatives that I just built. And then I realized, okay, once I did have all these skills, what do I want to do with those? That's when the vision of actually being a creative came to mind. And at that point, I thought about, all right, photography, video, audio. These are things that I can do right up there with any expert. I built myself to that position where I fully believe that I'm up there, that there's people who went to school for audio who aren't as good as it with it as I am. So I built that into now being a creative and being and also being a speaker. I'm I'm speaking at the uh Melanin Mana Festival in Dallas uh, next weekend and I did I did tours, I did my own live shows from my own podcast, did afros and audio, so I've done a lot of speaking things. So that now has become the base of what I'm building, right? All those different skills. So once that became a thing, it's now like, all right, I can really turn this into something. I could turn speakers. For some reason people like hearing me talk. I could turn speaking into something. I could turn videography into something. I could turn photography into something. It all came together, but you have to have a vision. And like I say all that to say, you have to leave room for that vision to grow naturally. Don't try to force things in it who that don't align with it. You see like companies that try to do a different product that are completely off like what they originally did. And some are successful, some are not. You have to build it out and build it out naturally. Um, And once you start having that vision, that's when the things that we're about to start talking about come into, into place. So that vision, that is kind of the, our first step is the look inside yourself. The first principle of being able to reverse engineer your way to success is knowing what you're capable of, of knowing what you're willing to put into what you're doing. You have to be honest with yourself about what type of person you are and the values that you want to have in whatever you're chasing. You have to know yourself. You have to look within yourself. Do you have the time to do what you want to do? Do you have the dedication to go through it when it gets tough? Look inside yourself and realize what and you're willing to do and what you're capable of. That honesty with yourself is what's going to eventually make it be something that you can truly do or something you're just always going to wish you had done. The next thing is elevate your mistakes. Mistakes, I always say that the, the, the specialness in what you're doing, and as a leader and someone who's been in management, my management style was always, sometimes you have to let some people fail, and then that's when you can build them up. That's when they're more willing to try new things and try your ideas. Some people are, are that open from the get-go. Some people aren't. You have to evaluate your mistakes. You have to be willing to be to be honest with your mistakes. And then you reverse engineer those mistakes as well. You take a step back. All right, this was the mistake. These are the steps I did to get up to the mistake. Where, where did I go wrong at it? You have to be willing to reverse engineer that mistake as well. And then by doing that, you're, you're building yourself towards that success. Next thing is finding a role model. I talked earlier about sometimes you have to see and you seek out people who have attributes that you don't have. You have to look at people who are successful, maybe in the field that you're wanting to go in or or maybe in different fields. How can you apply the attributes that they have or the steps that they took into what you want to do? You have to, 
always say surround yourself with people with like-minded individuals. Surround yourself with people who have that entrepreneur spirit. If that's ultimately what you want to be or other creatives that you want to be, you don't have to necessarily collab with other podcasters. You can look at what YouTubers do. You can look at what artists do. You can look at what rappers do. You can look at a lot of different things, but you have to find someone who has that, that drive in them or who has that you admire. And then when you look at the, at, them already being successful, how can you reverse engineer that success? How can you take a step back and try? It's like with some fields, it's hard to reverse engineer success or it's hard to find what's special because sometimes it's that lightning in the bottle or like some, you can't really teach drive with some people. So when some fields that are all built around drive and being a go-getter, some people just don't have that. But you can take a look at what other things that they do have and and see how you want to apply that to yourself. At one point, we talked about financial insecurity here, right? Because of a conversation that Dan had on a few loose screws. We talked about financial insecurity and how some people, especially in our community, they, they're, it's more important to look wealthy than to actually build wealth. Funny thing is, funny story, I know this is a side tangent. I actually saw a video today in which a woman bought her man rental property so that he that they can rent it out. It was a gift. And his response was, well, I we could have got a I could have got a Rolex for this. He was more concerned with looking wealthy than seeing the opportunity he had to not only build wealth for himself right then, but future wealth. And I say that to get into financial insecurities that if you know that you have uh, if you are a financial insecure person and you take a look at someone who was able to overcome that, you can reverse engineer that. That's something that's nothing to do with create being a creative or business. That's just in life. You have to surround yourself with people with attributes that you want and that you admire in them. It's it's easy to kind of get caught up in people being entrepreneurs and just think that it, that success came overnight for them. It doesn't. And when to get back into bring it all home, when we're going when we talk about reverse engineering your way to success, you have to know how to break down yourself. You have to know how to break down your mistakes. You also have to know and see that that vision of where you want to go. All right, if you know you want to be the best podcast in the world, that's where you want to go. What do you need to do to get to there? You need to first be able to record audio and talk reliably without saying um every five minutes. Um, You need to be able to work yourself and, and figure out how to come up with topics that are going to keep not only your audience engaged, but you engaged as a host, because that's one of the worst things I hate hearing in podcasters are podcasters who sound like they aren't even engaged in what they're talking about. They're just talking about it because that's what is hot, hot at that moment. You have to see where you want to go. If you want to be the best in the, in any game, how do you build yourself up to get into them? What are the skills that you need to get to get there? We talked early in this podcast about whatever's inside you will truly come out. Anything, anybody who squeezes an orange, orange juice is going to come out, whether that person is good, bad, or indifferent, right? You have to build in, in, in you those skills and the attributes that you need or the drive or the goals or the plan or whatever it is. You have to build that in you so that no matter what way the, that your goal deters, no matter what way your your vision has to, has to move uh, to the left where you thought you were going to go right, what ultimately is still going to come out of you is success because you've built that in. You got, and we, it's so, we, so, we get caught up so much in this culture, I think, of getting caught up in the, just the start. And yeah, you have to get started to go. Now, that's clear. We're, we're not saying that you don't. You have to get started to actually get there. But to make that you more comfortable in taking that step to get started, reverse engineer that success. That way, you know, no matter what, at some point, no matter if I if I keep on this path, if I keep prepared, I'm going to eventually be successful in what I do. And that's something that I like when I I am one of the most confident people in the world. And that is not that just of general cockiness that because I do see a vision. I do see 
where I want to go. And I know that if, if, if I set my heart to it, if I set my heart to it, something that I want to do, there's not going to be anything in the world that's going to stop me from doing it. Whether it's an obstacle, whether it's myself getting in my own way, eventually I'm going to overcome it because I've focused and I've made a clear vision to where I want to go and what I want to be. We get to, we get motivational here on the Awakened Soul from time to time. Um, that's just something that was in my heart because I was asked about it and I really wanted to speak on it and kind of break down um, how it's not. And I don't want to make it seem like it's just as simple, easy. It's just going to snap. And now you're going to be successful in six months because you saw you saw the vision and you think you've you've reverse engineered it. It's not going to be easy, but that should tell you that you want it more. If it's going, if it's easy, everybody would do it. If it's easy to be an entrepreneur, we'd all be entrepreneurs and we'd all be billionaires. If it was easy to be a great podcaster, we'd all be podcasters. And even though there are thousands of podcasts out there, not all of them are great. Not all of them are going to get above the 50 downloads they get a week because they're, they're just, they're, you're not going to get it. But you have to really be honest with yourself. And if you set a vision and you're willing to do whatever it takes to get to that vision and you reverse engineer it and do it step by step, you're more than likely to get there. And it may, in what has happened to me, it may deter and turn into something completely different, but you're ultimately still as happy with it because of of, of you building it up in yourself. So think about that. Um, but that's it. That's all I got for you guys this week on The Awaken. So I want to thank you guys for taking this journey with me for listening to me spew crap off the top of my head i try not to go into what they're calling pastor hayes mode uh so to so but uh next week we'll be finishing or not finishing we'll be doing volume two of the who protects the protect her series i actually have guests uh the host of when life leaves you gives you cur uh curves yeah when life gives you curves if i can get that out um so we'll have them on next week um yeah, that's really it. That's all I got. Make sure you follow the podcast at Awaken Soul Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, theawakensoulpod at gmail.com. And lastly, if you want to send us a voicemail, you can do so at 614-547-2039. This is The Awaken Soul. I'm your host, CEO Hayes, and I'll see you lovely, beautiful people next week. Peace. Nothing. You don't know about DJ's crew, nothing. What you know about me? Hold up, I came down and what it do. Uh.